Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine Work and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. In today's episode, you're going to meet my very good friend and wine entrepreneur, Deloren Everett. Deloren started her own company, Blends and Bubbly, out of her passion for wine and her drive to be part of the wine industry. She'll share her inspiring journey with us, and at the end of the show, she'll give you advice on how you can follow your dream and become a wine entrepreneur, too. Hey, Deloren, how are you today? Hi, Karen. How's it going? (laughs) Good. Thanks so much for being my guest. I feel like we've come full circle here. (laughs) I know. I love it. It's so exciting. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thanks for being our guest. Um, So tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry. My name is Deloren, and I own Blends and Bubbly. We are a wine experiences company, meaning that we host wine tasting experiences. We come to you or we do them virtually. We also do them at different wineries and vineyards. Um, but we also take vineyard trips. So I take groups of folks out to different wineries, local, a lot of local wineries in North Carolina. Um, we've traveled to Napa and we're coming up here next month where a group of us are going to Italy to tour some wine regions. So we we call it wine experiences because we do a number of things. We also go to trade shows and sell wine accessories and what I call wine essentials. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit more, but we've got a couple little things going on within the Blends and Bubbly umbrella. Yeah, that's awesome. And we are, we're going to dive into all those things that you do. Um, I want to start off by telling the audience how we know each other. So back uh, when I first started with the Academy about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I don't know why, but they asked me if I would manage their Instagram account. (laughs) And I'm like... Okay, I don't know anything about Instagram, but anyway, I fumbled my way through and somehow Deloren and I started liking each other's posts and chatting it up and we got to be kind of buddies and I was really lost and Deloren was nice enough to meet with me. She was she was studying for her WSET and I was trying to learn Instagram, so we kind of <laughs> hooked up on Zoom and decided that we could help each other. <laughs> we did. And we did. We've been good friends ever since watching each other, you know, mo- move through our journey, me watching her grow and her watching me do what I do. So it's been really a, a great adventure with you. Yes. I'm so glad to have your friendship and it's been fun watching, watching your uh, little rocket to stardom here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we also created some really good content you know, I know there was a time we did a series together um, around content within WSET, and it it was great. Like we had a lot of people who engaged and interacted with us and wanted to be a part of that. So thank you, thank you to you for you know uh, being a part of that just experience with me. Right, and one of the very first things we did is you asked me. I, I still don't yes. know why, but you invited <laughs> me to be a guest on your Instagram live. Yeah, which I think at the time, well, I was the Academy account had I don't know quite a few followers, but I think at the time, you know, you were really starting to build a following, but it was yes. pretty small, like mine is now, and uh, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was so nervous, and and then down the road, I reciprocated and had you on our show. And mm-hmm. anyway, that feels like a hundred years ago. They now have a real professional. The Academy has an actual <laughs> professional, Emily Lester. God bless her. She does such a fantastic job with Instagram. But you know, she knows what she's doing, and she's you know a young, way younger than me. So <laughs> it's a young woman's game. <laughs> No, you did a great job. You did a, You set the stage for her to come in and take over. Well, I did discover one thing. I discovered that you can learn how to do anything on YouTube. I can be a brain surgeon oh, if I want, because sure. that's where I really, between between you and YouTube, that was how I learned Instagram. <laughs> so uh, I guess everybody's got to have somewhere to start, right? Yes, so, exactly. 
So enough about us. Talk to us. Tell, tell the audience a little more about you as a person, what your background is, you know, your family life. Give us an idea of who Deloren is. Yeah. So I am born and raised in California, uh, born in Sacramento, California, and spent, um, I moved to San Diego for college and stayed there about 15 years. So I was really lucky to be around very popular wine regions in California. Um, it was no big deal for us to drive 30, 40 minutes to Napa or Sonoma or when I lived in San Diego to Temecula or even to Mexico for wine. Um, mm-hmm. And so very just that's when my wine, um, I would say interest in wine or passion for wine started was when I was in college. Um, and then eventually I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina and um, I, I had a six-month-old. My husband and I moved to North Carolina with our six-month-old and um, started a life here. I've been in corporate events for 15, 16 years now. And um, when I started thinking about what was next for me career-wise, because corporate events or just events in general is such a demanding job, um, I always want, I always try to think ahead, like, what am I going to do next in the next five years? What am I going to do in the next 10 years? And so two years ago, two and a half years ago, I was brainstorming and I said, you know, I would love to be an entrepreneur, but I'm just not sure how, just not sure like what I really would love to do. I don't want to do events full time. And, um, but I love wine. And so how can I get into the wine industry? Right. So I started, I joined um, the North Carolina Wine Growers Association and I got super inspired by the people that I met and networked within that organization and um, came up with this grand idea to purchase a vineyard. And so we went down that path for a while. Unfortunately, you know, we, we went, uh, we had three deals that we, um, we worked on that didn't close for one reason or another one. One deal, we were very close to closing and we had some issues with racism with the neighbors in the neighborhood. The other deal um, was more around us getting into a bidding war with someone else. And then the last one was around funding. It was it was a high purchase price. So one reason or another, God was like, it's just not time for you right now, girl. So um, so we kept trucking along. And um, I think I feel like I'm going off track just a little bit, but just wanted to give you that like that um, context about how I got it started in wine. Um, but I now and have. At, hang on, and at this point now you have two babies. I have two babies at this. You have two point. babies. Yep, yep. two babies, and, a husband, and I'm still working my nine to five. Um, I, what I does work, your husband do? My husband works. We both work in retail, so I work for Lowe's Home Improvement, the corporate office. My husband works in technology for Neiman Marcus. And we're a busy, busy, busy family. You know, we both have our degrees in our various areas. But for me, most of all, it's just I've been in corporate events and that's how I married wanting to create experiences in wine and creating just experiences in general, marrying that together to create something really special for my customers. So, yeah, that's kind of how things have evolved over time and a little bit about my family. So, yeah, I have a I have a almost nine year old and an almost five year old. Oh, they're, and they're so darn cute. I can't stand it. I, <laughs> I love seeing the pictures. I love when we're on Zoom I, in the background. It's so fun in, to watch. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's so fun to watch them grow up. So um, so you're a mom, you're a full-time yep. mom, you're a full-time employee in event planning for a retailer, and you have not just a side gig, but a multi-layered, multi-faceted side gig. I yes. mean, you are like the queen of multitasking <laughs> yes, in everything you do, it seems. And the queen of a pivot. I am the most flexible person you'll ever meet because I you just that. never know how things yeah. will shift. <laughs> so so tell us about blends and, and bubbly. What, what is it exactly? What kinds of things, you know, you talked about the tasting experiences, but you do more than that. So yeah. give us kind of the rundown about about those things and and why though including those things or how you came about choosing to include these types of things in your brand. Yeah, so um, starting back just a little bit uh, when you and I first met, I mm-hmm. my company's name was um, was Culture Wine Blogger, and I thought what I was going to do because I had so much issues with the bank telling me that I didn't have this experience and that experience, I decided I wanted to blog right. I was going to go out to all of these different wineries, meet the winemakers, 
and have an experience with them, whether that be planting grapevines, destemming grapes from the stems, foot stomping, bottling. I would go in and like do all those things and then write about my experience so that the banks could say, okay, yeah, she does. She's been out interning doing these different things. So I started off as a blogger and um, creating content on social just to kind of get my brand out there while we were going under, um, you know, going under the process of purchasing a vineyard. Um, And then um, I started, then, then COVID hit, right? And it was like, okay, what do I do now? Because we're not out in public. So I said, all right, I had a girlfriend. Um, we, I hosted for Mother's Day a wine tasting with the sommelier. And my girlfriend at the end said, why don't you do this? And I was like, I can't do this. She said, yes, you can. And so I said, okay, let me, let me see what I can pull together. So I did. I created my own content from WSET, Wine Spirit Education Trust. I got my level two certification. So I basically studied that and created my own content from that. And that's how I started. That's how I created my wine tasting experiences. So in COVID, we were all home, right? And everyone was trying to find something to do virtually fun to connect with their friends and family and something different. So I created my content around that. I hosted my, my wine tastings. And then eventually I started having my customers say, where do I buy wine glasses? What are the best wine glasses to buy? Where do I get a nice charcuterie board? Um, what, what do I use to... Um, preserve my wine after after I pop the bottle, right? And so I would send them to Amazon. And eventually I did a calculation. And not only that, but the wines that I was using for my wine tastings, I sent everyone to Total Wine. I did a calculation and I made Total Wine over $10,000 in 2020. Okay. So you were sell- you were not selling the wine because these people are all over the country and you don't have a, a wine license. You That's were right. basically selling selling your uh, the experience itself and giving That's everybody right. a list because I know I, I attended one of these and there was That's a list right. yeah and I went out and bought my own wine but you provided not just the sort of edutainment I like to call it because you know, <laughs> you're, you're educating but you're very entertaining but you also had like wine bingo and um, you had little quizzes and I mean yes. you really made it a full experience. And yeah. it, I mean, and you were charging like peanuts for it, but that's where you were making your money. And as you said, you started realizing, wait, I'm, I'm making all this money for other people. How can I, how can I monetize this? 100%. Yeah. I mean, and, and as I say, my, my activities are all an experience, right? Like we're not just going to go in and taste wine. We're going to talk about where the wine came from. We're going to talk about the region. We're going to talk about the brand, right? We're going to talk mm-hmm. about the inspiration why uh, around why the wine was made and how it was made. Cause I do all that research. Then we come together and do it. It's super interactive. So mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then I had my my clients asking me where they could buy things. I'm sending them to Amazon or to Target. And I'm like, God, I did a tasting. Um, and there were like there was like 50 people and they all had to buy wine glasses and I sent them all to Amazon. And when I thought about how much money I could have made from that, I said, girlfriend, you gotta figure this out. So I went knocking on a few friends' doors that are also in re- retail owning, they own their own businesses and I started going down a path on, you know, online, looking around, like, how can I make this happen? And eventually I found the glassware. I found the wine stoppers. I found all the things at wholesale prices so that I could now Mm. sell it to my customers. And that's when I rebranded to Blends and Bubbly. So this was um, November 2021. Um, I rebranded to Blends and Bubbly. And so now I sell my own glassware. I sell my own accessories. Um, I now I'm also a, an ambassador of Boise Collection. So I make a stream of income from that because again, I was selling all the wine from Total Wine or Trader Joe's and I was not getting anything back from that. So now I sell wines using Boise Collection wines, which are wines tr- from all over the world. Um, and now I get a commission off of every bottle that I sell. Yeah. And it, but you don't use that exclusively. There's times you use other wines too. For sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. And all of my, all of my tastings are curated, meaning that I talk to my client about what they're trying to accomplish. And then we customize it that way. I generally try to use Boisse because of the fact that I get a commission and I do put a lot of work into these, but there are times like when I sell to New York or I sell to New Jersey, we can't ship to those region, those areas. So, right. um, so I will do a little more digging and find a, a a wine shop that's local to my client and tell them which wines to pick up. So, kind of Definitely. things like that happen. Or there's times when someone will b- 
book a tasting that's within like the window that shipping wouldn't, they, they wouldn't get their wines in time. So I'll right. send it to an actual store. And when you talk about doing these vineyard experiences and winery experiences, that has nothing to do with the Boissier collection. That's you're focused on the wines at that winery. So That's right. again, lots of multitasking going yes. on here. And yeah. you know, I wanted to mention to the audience too, we're talking about North Carolina here. And I know a lot of people in the audience do not realize how big the wine industry, you know, yeah. in, in that side of the country to begin with, but particularly in North Carolina, it's, it's a, it's pretty big industry, but it's a really big growing industry. It's, I mean, it's growing quickly, right? Yeah, absolutely. There are almost 200 vineyards here in North, vineyards and wineries in North Carolina. There's tons of wine all over the place. So, um, and also, I mean, wine, I think, I believe wine was created here. Like the first experience with wine was in North Carolina. So that's a really, really, really fun fact. Um, And so, yeah, there's, there's some incredible wine. And to me, I think, being in business, and we're, I know we're going to talk a little bit about that, but being in business is all around relationships, right? And that's why I think you and I became good buddies and good friends, because you have to be able to cultivate a relationship with people to get to where you want to be, to get to where you want to go, because people will help you if you're a good person. And so right. through all of this, someone came to me about Boise. I didn't seek out Boise. Someone came knocking on my door. Shout out to Michelle. Uh, Fuller for for knocking on my door and staying persistent with me because I hesitated for a while, but she stayed on me, stayed on me, stayed on me, and eventually I said, "All right, cool, you know, I'll I'll do this." So yeah, I've got a bunch of different ways. Um, I don't blog as much as I used to. It takes a right. lot of time, and it doesn't really get the return on my investment, quote unquote. Right. But um, but I still do all the other things. I still do tastings. Tastings are happening more in person now, obviously, because we're back outside again. Um, but yeah, I mean, and now I'm doing, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going out and doing festivals. I'm doing events. Yeah. Um, like- I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. That was going to be mm-hmm. next on my list is those events. Cause that, well, go ahead and talk about it. And then I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Like the pop-up shops are great. And I use the pop-up shops as a way I'm an advocate of pure crystal glassware glass. Your glassware is vitally important when you're tasting wine. It changes the way your wine tastes and smells, and it's so, so, so important. So I was able to get my logo branded on Riedel glasses, and I go out now, and I I give an experience to the folks that are at these different pop-up shops. I let them t- taste wine in a regular glass, taste wine in a pure crystal Riedel glass, and they get to see the compare and contrast between the two. So to me, it's it, no matter what I do, I center it on education. I center it on the education of wine, and then I make it fun. It's, to me... Everybody can make something fun, right? But when you're learning about something and you're taking in something really um, different and exciting, then and then and then it's just like an aha moment for you, like, oh, I never knew that. That is so cool, and that's what people are going to start sharing with others. Did you know I met this girl? She showed me how my wine glass changes the way my wine's going to taste, right? And so, so yeah, the pop-ups have been fun. And then of course I use all the other little tchotchkes to reel people into my booth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, I love the, the, what you do with the wine glasses, A, because it's so incredibly true. And, you know, when we say crystal wine glasses, you know, it's funny back in 1992, my former mother-in-law gave us a huge set of cut crystal glasses with all the little, you know, diamond shapes and everything in there. And they were heavy leaded crystal. And those are not what we're talking about. Those actually do not enhance the wine. What you're (laughs) talking about is like Riddell crystal or a a very fine, thin glass. That's, you know, that's hundred percent crystal really does make a difference. And I love the way you educate people by letting them taste. And, you know, when you're doing that, the sales, I would assume your sales just happen organically because exactly. yeah. it's an aha moment for people. And of course yeah. they want to participate at home. They want to keep that going and, you know, have their friends enjoy it. So you're not like heavy handed selling. I, you've never struck me as a, you know, a used car salesman. Yeah. And, and one thing to your point is I know that I, my brand and my business is not for everyone. And I think that's something that entrepreneurs have to always have in the back of your mind is that you are not for everyone. So you cannot get hurt or your feelings hurt when someone walks past your booth and says no, or you, you pitch them and then they still say no. 
A lot right. of times you'll pitch with someone else say, what are you guys doing? Are you giving away wine? No, we're not giving away wine. We're selling an experience for X amount of dollars. And then they don't want to do it anymore. When it's not free, they don't want to do it anymore. And so right. I, but that's okay. Cause my brand is not for everyone, but guess what? The people who are interested in, in it, they come, they taste, they're blown away. I give a little quick five, 10 minute tasting experience with them just to give them a taste of what my two hour experiences are. And then next week they're tagging me on Instagram and they're asking me how they can book a party for their friends and family. I've had Amazon reach out to me. I've done wine tastings for Amazon, Syracuse University, Walt Disney, Verizon, some really big brands that have called me to do tastings for them because one of their their employees sat in a tasting and they had such a great experience. Steve Harvey's daughters, his twin daughters, they they did a wine tasting with me and their and their girlfriends. So I've had wow. some really good um, experiences, and yeah, they actually ended up plugging me on their um, their show. And I got some good leads from that as well. So yeah, super cool. That's very cool. And so, so you go to these events, these conventions or these, you know, different types of events and, you know, you're not just selling your tasting experience, you're selling your glassware. You've got some awesome t-shirts. I love your t-shirts. You have all these great sayings on them. Alexa, get me my, get me some wine or (laughs) really cute things. I love those. Um, but I love how it has led to such success. And it wasn't very long ago, you and I hadn't talked, we'd kind of not lost touch, but we just hadn't both busy and just yeah. haven't had a chance to talk. And you had posted, you. what was the name of the event you were at where you were the, up on the stage and you were a speaker? What was that? That was the Ultimate it, Women's Expo. Yeah. So and that they was in do, Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yep. They travel around the United States and they do these different events at all these big uh, regions. And then, and so I did the one in Atlanta. Okay. So I, so I saw you had posted a a really good video of it and I start watching it. It was a long video and I'm watching it and I am like, oh my God, how far you've come. Um, And I'm, and you're talking about, you know, all all kinds of different things about wine and you start talking about food and wine and I'm like, oh, her WSET is showing. I'm so proud of you for that. (laughs) But, you know, because I teach, I didn't teach you, but I do teach WSET and, and that, that was in, it was that moment. You said something in that moment, uh, talking to your audience, you said it a couple of times about how you got into the, or why you chose this path. Can you tell the audience what you said? Yeah. So I, I, the way I kind of say, when people ask me how I got to where I am today, I think about it like this. I started off knocking on doors, right? And, and people helped me. But it wasn't easy for me to buy a vineyard, right? It wasn't easy for me to make wine. I came across every challenge, every law, every liability, everything you can think of, literally called, I have a spreadsheet of like 70 banks that I called to get funding. No one would give me funding. No one, right? And so when I think about all of the challenges and hurdles that I faced, I think about it like... I wasn't given a seat at the table, right? So I said, I have to make my own table. I'm going to make my own table, which means I'm going to create whatever it is I want to create for my brand, do it myself, do it, do what's attainable for me to do myself. And then it'll, and then I'll continue to grow. My table will grow. More chairs will come to my table. And as I do that, I'm inviting some people to sit at my table with me. Come on. This is what I learned. And I can help you. This is what I, the experience that I had, don't do this, but do this, right? And so I think about it as a table. Was I invited to sit at someone's table? It was very, very, very hard. So I'm going to create my own path. I'm going to create my own journey, create my own table and invite some people to come sit at my table with me with hopes that they're going to do the same thing and pay it forward. All the things that we learn, we've got to help each other. It'll make the experience much easier for ourselves, right? And so that's what it did. That's awesome. And you know, historically, not all women help other women. That's, you know, unfortunately, but you are, you have just always been such an open book. And then I think about, you know, your friend, I think you said her name was Michelle, who tapped you on the shoulder about the Boissier collection. So, you know, you made your table and now people are coming to you and 
and wanting to sit with you. And I think yeah. that that is, and it was in that moment as I was watching that video of you in Atlanta and you said that, and I thought, I have to have this woman on the show. Like <laughs> that's our, this is exactly what this podcast is all about is helping inspire people to either go find a job in the wine industry or to make their own job in the yes. wine industry. Yes. And, you know, I, I do career coaching for the Academy as well. And so many of my clients, and I've had, you know, over a hundred clients now, so many of them have the same question, how I want to get in the wine business. I just don't know where to start. And, you know, a lot of people think the only way you're going to get in the wine industry as an entrepreneur is to either import wine or buy a wine shop. Right. Those are great ways, but those are humongous investments. You have to have they a really wine are. license. It takes forever to get all that done. There's ways in, may eventually lead to that, by the way. Yes. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. And I love where you've started. And <laughs> I, I still am a little mind boggled by how hard you work. Yeah. And, and yet, <laughs> you know, you're such a good mom and such a good, you know, mom and wife and family person. I, I really... I really just love that. So tell me, Thank you. how do you man? How do you manage your time with all these things going? Yeah, you know, there, it, there's ebbs and flows, right? Like with my nine to five, there's ebbs and flows. One thing that I love about events, just in general, is that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? And so you might be super crazy busy working till midnight for a few weeks. And then there's like a few weeks where I'm literally not doing anything at all. And I'm taking advantage of that time to pour into myself, to give myself some self-care, to just sit down and do nothing um, or to work on blends and bubbly. Right. And then, it, you know, I spend a lot of time in the evenings working on blends and bubbly. I have to be very intentional about time with my family. The month of um, May and June, I think I was busy every single weekend. And that mom guilt kicked in majorly, major, right. major, majorly. And I said, you know what? For July, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to commit to anything in July. I'm going to stay home on the weekends and do whatever my kids want to do. And it's right. been so nice. I mean, I'm a couple weeks in and it's been so, so nice that I've been home. This weekend, I did nothing. I did everything I did was with my family. And it felt really, really good and really, really fresh. And I know my kids appreciated my husband too. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's a way to balance everything in life. You have to figure out what your top three, this is how I do it, figure out what my top three to four priorities are. And then like figure out what energy I need to give to those things at the time. Because like I said, for me personally, it's ebbs and flows. Some things are very, very busy. Some things are not very, very busy. And so I have to adjust my calendar, adjust my mindset, um, adjust my family. When I know I'm going to be busy, I have to start letting them know, mama's going to be gone this weekend. Mama's going to be gone next weekend. What do you guys want to do during the week that we can do to hang out? Like I have to start letting them know so it's just, it's not like a, a gut punch when they see that I'm leaving on a Friday, Right. Um, right. But I still want them to know that they're important and you just have to make the time for it. And then guess what? Now, then now I'm not busy for a month, but then next month I'm probably going to pick back up again. So I think you just, for me, it, it ends up working out. I just have to be intentional about the things that are important and, and are a priority. Right, right. So how, tell me, how do you reach your audience? Who is your audience for blends and bubblies in particular? And how do you go about reaching them? Yeah. We talked about the events, so that's uh -huh. one way. Mm -hmm. My target market are um, women 25 to 50 years old. That's who I target. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> You're leaving me <laughs> out. Well, so that bar my... is way too low on the high end. <laughs> so, I'm teasing you. No, no, no. I know you are. I know you are. We did a lot of research. We spent a lot of time determining who interacts with this. Who's clicking on our social channels? Who's going to our website and reading the blogs? Who's buying our products? That's how we determined who our target audience is, right? My, I would say my true, true target audience is between the ages of 25 and 40, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's still that 40 and 45 range that still gets really excited about what I offer and, and gets, and they're, they like want to spend the money, right? And so- mm -hmm. After doing all of the research, that's where we landed on. Um, so we do a lot of promoting on Instagram. That's like the biggest way that I promote. 
I am mm. big also on word of mouth. So I ask for people to refer me. Um, mm-hmm. Another way that I stay in touch with folks is I do my email blasts. I do regular email blasts so that they can see what's new with Blends and Bubbly. Because a lot of times when someone does a wine tasting with me, they think that our relationship is one and done. And that's not that's not true. I can always customize a new experience for my customers. Maybe right. one tasting we do a red and a white and some bubbles and the next tasting is focused on champagne or the next tasting is focused on a particular region, right? Right. Or a particular varietal. So there's lots of that um, to to consider. Um, but yeah, I, 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 Instagram is our main way that we we get content out. We share content. We share information. And then of course these pop up shops. Now, now that we're doing the pop up shops, people are we're seeing a massive amount of people at one time. Like my tastings at these pop ups. I may, I'm I'm selling about 60 to 70 wine glasses individually and I'm wow. making anywhere from 1500 to $2500 a day at some of these events. And wow. so that's I mean I'm just I'm saying that to say like you can do whatever it is you want to do, find your niche, find what works right. for you and that this is what works for us. Instagram works for us. Through Instagram we see all of these sponsored events and then we start digging okay, we could, we could show up to this pop-up. Hmm. All right. Does this pop-up have our target audience? That's most important. Right. Do they have our target audience? What's the demographic of the folks that are going to be there, right? What is the theme of the event? Like we think about all of that before we sign on the dotted line that we would be a good vendor for this event. So right. I would say like our main center marketing strategy is focused on Instagram. And then there's just like different pillars around that. Right. Now, speaking of Instagram, I I found when I started working on Instagram, the biggest challenge I had was I don't know anything about like graphic design. And you really helped me with that a lot. Do you personally have a graphics design background or did you just learn it? I don't have a graphics design background. Um, Being in corporate events, I have to have an eye for marketing and a little bit of knowledge about marketing, whether that be graphically, whether that be content. Um, So I I have to have that in my role, um, which translates and transitions over to a lot of the things I do with Blends and Bubbly. I had to spend a lot of time, to your point about YouTube, spend some time on YouTube, spend some time on Google to learn how to use different tools like Canva, right? Right. And that's where we started off with Canva. We still use Canva. One of the things, though, that makes our lives much easier about Canva is that we upgraded our account. So with the upgraded account, you get upgraded features, you get upgraded templates, you get upgraded fonts. So it's not the same little look that everybody's doing because now it looks more professional and different. There's animation and all the things. Um, A lot of times it's there for you. Those templates are there for you. You don't have to recreate the will. So that's what we do. Um, Yeah, Canva, I have to say, because then shortly after I started doing it, then I got into Canva as well. And and it was really, um, and probably most of the programs like Canva are like this, but it was pretty intuitive. Like I didn't need to sit down and I did get on YouTube and that type of thing briefly. But once I started poking around, I was like, oh, I can just pull that over there. You know, it it actually was not as as hard. It it looked very daunting, but it turned out to be pretty good. Agree. Agree. Like if you're used to using like Microsoft Word Suite or even updating a website, like all those different things, that is Mm -hmm. like very intuitive. Right, right. Now, do you use a, regarding Instagram and Facebook social media, do you use a scheduling platform? We did at one point. Um, I have um, someone on my team that manages my social media and I leave it up to her on how she wants to do do all of that. As long as it gets done, I don't care how it gets done. As long as it's right. done and, and it's done well, that's all that matters to me. We did at one point, and I'm going to have to ask her, check in and ask her like what, what it was that we didn't continue to use it. But I know that she does manually post. We... Okay. Um, we manually post and then we try to stick around for a little while because we know that people are going to start commenting and, you know, right. there's going to be comments and we're, we want to interact with them in real time. So um, so that's usually how we do it. We know we're going to be sitting around for about 30, 40 minutes to see what folks are saying after our post. That's a really, that's a good point. I, cause I use a scheduler and I, I hadn't thought about that. You're right. Cause most of your reactions come pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think it's important too, like when you're interacting at like initially when it's posted, 
Like it's almost like you have that first 30 minutes to an hour is very important to me after posting because I feel like when there's interaction days later, it it's almost like it kind of doesn't count, right? But when you start getting a bunch of people commenting and you're commenting back and it's just like a lot going on, it I feel like it like pops up in the algorithms much quicker and yeah, easier probably. than it does when people start when you're commenting back and you get a lot of like back and forth days later. So, um, I mean, that's not a fact. I don't know that for sure, but just based on what our experience has been, when we're commenting in real time, people are responding, more people are jumping in and there's likes and shares and all the things and it. Yeah. it, it makes it a better experience. And that post gets a lot of visibility. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so what does the future hold for you? The future, I still have a desire to, um, own a, a vineyard. Um, I have learned that owning a vineyard is a lot of work. Um, taking care of grapevines is a lot of work. Last year in 2021, there was really bad frost here in North Carolina, and a lot of the vineyards lost all of their vines and had to either source their vines um, or tap into, you know, other grapes that they've already had, kind of sitting in in the barrels and things like that. So. I know that I I really feel like the Lord is like holding me back from something right now as it relates to owning a vineyard. And I've accepted that. And so right now, what I would love to do is continue staying in the space where I am, where I'm educating about wine on a smaller scale, but eventually working on um, having a little wine shop here where I can still do my events. I can still do my tastings. I can still make my own wine. In North Carolina, you have to have a brick and mortar to make wine, to sell wine. You cannot sell wine here if you don't have a brick and mortar, unlike other areas around the country. Oh, okay. So um, so that is something that I still want to do. And I'm, and that's something that's in the works, hopefully in the next couple months. Um, but right now I'm really having a good time in this lane that I've created, this table that I've created for myself. Like I'm really having a really, really good, good time. And I don't see other people doing what I'm doing at these pop-ups. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it and I would love to see if anybody knows of someone else that's doing tastings out of Rito glasses at, at pop-ups tag me, please. Cause I want to, I want to see how they're doing it. Um, but I, I really feel like I've created my own table right now and I'm just trying to, you know, get people in to get excited about doing some of the same things. So yeah, in the next, I'm going to continue doing this the next couple months, we'll pick up the, the idea around a wine shop locally in Charlotte and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, you mentioned tagging you. So let's talk about how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about you or want to interact with you or want to book you or any of those things. How can somebody get a hold of you? So you can reach out to me on Instagram. You can send us a DM, uh, blends, B-L-E-N-D-S, like wine blend. And by the way, I selected the name because I love blends. I love red blends and I love bubbly. Okay, so right. that's where the name Blends and Bubbly came from. So it's B-L-E-N-D-S-A-N-D-B-U-B-B-L-Y, Blends and Bubbly. Um, that's my handle on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can find us on um, online, www.blendsandbubbly.com. And um, there is a form if you ever want to book a tasting or any kind of event. There's a form on my website. You can answer a couple questions and we'll reach out to you. We do different events all the time, whether we're going out to vineyards, whether we're going to Italy or we're popping up at a pop-up shop, you'll see, excuse me, you'll see all of that on our calendar and you can schedule and, and book to be a part of it. And um, and we'd love to have you. Or you can go into the what we call the Bubbly Boutique. You can click on that link from my website. It'll take you to our shop, our online shop. And that's where you can find everything you need, the wine essentials for a wine tasting experience. So you've got the glassware. You've got um, charcuterie boards, there's champagne stoppers, bottle stoppers, bottle openers, everything someone would need to, to host their own tasting, um, either by themselves or with their friends. And we don't sell anything that you'll find on Amazon. So all of our stuff is really cute, trendy, girly tchotchkes or essentials that you you would use. We have gold-plated cheese knives. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, that's fancy. Knives. You can get cheese <laughs> and, knives from anywhere, but where do you get gold-plated knives? So Right. Yeah. And if somebody wanted to buy wine, they can do that on your website too, right? They, they can join the Boissier Club. Absolutely. Now, for that, I just wanted to ask you, if they for the Boissier wines, um, 
do can they just buy a couple bottles of wine or do they have to join the club? Yeah, let me tell you. So with Boisset Collection, you can buy whatever you want, whenever you want, and you do not have to be a member at all. So there's no no commitment at all. However, if you are a member, membership is free. You never have to pay for membership. Um, and how it works is you make, you're committed to a quarterly subscription. So every three months, you buy three bottles of wine, and that's it. There's no other fees, no other, nothing. There's nothing that is required. You buy three bottles of wine and then in three months you get a notification that says, all right, it's time for you to get your wines, which wines you get to either select the wines you want or you can go through the curated list that they um, automatically send into your your cart. I was going to ask yeah. about that, if you can pick it yourself. But so you're not stuck getting whatever they want to send you. You can, but if you're something in there that you're not crazy about, a style of wine you don't like, exactly. you can switch it for something else. Okay, yeah, that's cool. And, cool. I'm, and I'm your, I'm here for you, right? So I have clients that I know like only red wines or clients that I know like only sweet wines. So when their time comes around, I say, hey, Karen, try this wine. And I send them a couple options for them to consider knowing that what I know about their, their taste preferences. Cool. Good. So like I say, you've got so many avenues to interact with people and to do business with people. You know, you, you just have so many opportunities. If somebody just checks out your website, they'll get to see all that. And, you know, hopefully I'll inspire them to maybe do some business with you, but also maybe inspire them to put one foot in front of the other and find a way to make their own table, right? right. Or join you at yours. Or join at mine. And, you know, I have to also say that I, I don't do this alone. You know, I have my, I have a girl on my team. Her name is Morgan and she's amazing. Literally started with me when I first came up with this concept two and a half years ago. And she's been rocking and riding with me, going to all these pop-ups with me and, you know, creating content and all the things. And I literally couldn't do it without her. And I have to say that what I've learned is you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. You're going to make some investments and you're going to make a lot and you're going to lose some. You have to be okay with that. But for me, having someone on my team that has my back and can pick up some of that slack for me. Someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, don't you think you could save some money if you didn't have to pay someone to help you? Totally. I could save some money. But the investment is so worth it because A, you get that extra creativity, someone that's thinking differently from you, that diversity of thought, which is vitally important, right? And then you have just the help, the help, the extra set of hands. And um, when I'm busy or when I'm in a funk or when I'm deciding that I'm not going to do anything for a month, Morgan is there. This That's her job to keep social media flowing for me and to come up with some new concepts for us. So um, if you have the money to make a little bit of an investment in that way, call call somebody who has got that skill set. It doesn't have to be a super professional. I knew Morgan right. liked social media and she and I have grown together, right? She was never a professional social media manager. Now she is. Right. She's well, that's, how I get, yeah, that's how I started at the Academy. And, you know, there's no way you can juggle all the balls in the air without getting some kind of help. And I think a lot of people, they think, Oh, oh, I think I'll, I want to be in wine. So I'm going to be a wine influencer on Instagram. You have no idea the amount of time and commitment. I mean, true commitment. You know, it's why, I mean, I don't have the time to do it. And that's why, you know, I'm not a, I would not ever consider myself an influencer. You know, I don't have enough followers for that. But if, you know, because I know how much time and it's not a short term commitment, it doesn't, it doesn't take less time as you keep going. It's more time. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big investment. It's not, it's not what it looks like on TV. It's It's not as glamorous as you think, right? When, Mm -hmm. even when I think about blogging, blogging people, I say, oh, I'm a blogger. I'm a food blogger. I'm a wine blogger. And you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, wait to see all the work that they have to put into blogging or all the work they have to put into uh, being a social media influencer with the filters and the color scheme of your website and just making sure you record it to match exactly the, 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 what's coming out of, you know, the, the audio, it's just so much to think about who's going to record you. (laughs) You Right. Right. There's yeah. just so much to think about. So yeah, if you can, and Karen, you are an influencer. I think oh. that there's there's paid influencers. There's influencers with a lot of money that get a lot of free things. But I think anybody who is helping inspire someone or else or encourage them is an influencer. That is the definition of influence. 
Right? Oh, well, that makes me feel very sweet. And that is really <laughs> what this whole podcast is about is to not so much my words to inspire people, but I try to bring people who can inspire the audience. And maybe that's my inspiration. But thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. So follow me on Instagram at Napa Valley yeah. Wine Gal. Exactly. <laughs> <your> followers, right? <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. I'd like to get to 2000 in my lifetime. <laughs> you will. You're going to oh, get there. <laughs> oh my God. Well, um, you know, I always like to end my program with some helpful tips from, from my guests. So can you tell the audience if you have two or three or four, or whatever recommendations of things that they can start to do, you know, now that could set them up for success, uh, maybe to follow in your footsteps or to just follow their own path. What, what yeah. advice do you have for our audience? Yeah, I have so much advice you need a plan, right? Whether you invest in someone to create a business plan for you or whether you make it yourself, you need to create a plan. It's so, so, so important because what happens is we start getting a ton of different information. And with the information that we receive, sometimes we get sidetracked to go this way or that way. When you have a plan, you know that you always need to hone back in on this plan. And if anything does not align with that plan, you might want to nix it or add it to have to take place later, right? But if you know you want to start a business, there are standards that you need to do to start a business. You need an EIN number. You need a business license. You need your an LLC or whatever type of setup that you need. You need to do like a number of things. And you can go on Google what it takes to start a business. Yep. Start all of, get all of those things in place first, because people, you want people to take you seriously. And if you're asking for something from somebody or you want to wholesale, you have to have a business license. You have to have a reseller permit, right? And so if you don't have those things, they're not going to sell, they're not going to let you get get product from them. So I would just say, figure out what your plan is, what it is that you want to do, and then start looking at all the steps that you need to get there. That's the first thing or the first thing that I'm sorry, look at all the steps that you need to create that. And that's right. the first thing. The next thing is network, network, network. It is not it, networking is intimidating. I am to, I'm a total um, extrovert. I am an extrovert. But put me in a place to network and it's I still get intimidated like, oh, who do I go to first? What do I say? Right. But it's important. Find an association to belong to or to visit and check out. That's what I did. I, I actually, what I did was I contacted SCORE, my local SCORE. And that's what the, one of the guys told me. He said, go to an associ- association, get involved that way. And that's what I did. And when I tell you that two-day conference I went to, the inspiration that came to me from all the people that I met and the connections that I met and people saying, call me, come by the vineyard, come do this, come bottle wine, come, come plant grapevines. That was invaluable, and I would have never had that had I not joined the association. So network, network, network. Find a chamber, find your score, find some associations, and get connected that way. Um, and then just like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. People will say no 50 million times, but that one yes might be the one thing that you need to, to get, your, get you um, propelled forward. The last thing I would say, and these are just like some initial things that I would that I'm, I would recommend: get on social media, start looking at what other people are doing that's similar to your brand and your business, and figure out what they do and how you can make it better or make it special for you. Create your niche, and don't be afraid to network with those people. I remember when the pandemic hit. I'm not going to say that I started all of this, but when the pandemic hit. People were not in the wine industry. They weren't doing they weren't doing Instagram live interviews. They weren't mm-hmm. doing a bunch of this stuff, right? But I st- I was doing that in my past job. So for me it was super natural for me to call call reach out to you. Hi Karen, I'm Deloren. I would love to interview you on my my channel. Would you be interested? Right? Like that stuff was not happening in the wine space so much. And then it just started blowing up because we all needed a way to communicate and we all were trying to brand ourselves. So don't be afraid to talk to someone you don't know. I mean, shoot them a DM. If they they don't want to do it, they won't do it. But I guess what I'm telling you, most people, 99% of the people are more than happy to collaborate with you. Yeah, that that really, yeah, that surprised me about Instagram was 
how easy it was to, you know, send somebody a quick direct message and ask them a question about what they do or something about themselves, how open, you know, I would think they'd be very protective, like, well, yeah. you're going to do it. But it's really not that way at all. And I could, I could rattle off just off the top of my head, 15 people that I'm still friends with yes. on Instagram um, because they answered a quick question of mine or they asked me a question and we just sort of always end up following each other. So, um, I mean, that's how I got Will Blackman to be one of my guests. Totally. <laughs> I, I took a I shot and I DM'd him and he actually yeah. answered. <laughs> that, I, I remember that. It was so amazing. That was that's my big guess. all it guess. takes. It's all it yeah. takes. All they can say is no. Right. You know? Exactly. Yep. No, that's that's totally true. And you do have to just put yourself out there. In fact, it's funny you mentioned networking because I just sent in for editing. Uh, my next career series article is going to be on networking. So nice. thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, well, Deloren, I have to say, I, I, I knew this would be a long interview because I know we have so much <laughs> to say to each other and you have so much to offer the audience. Um, you exceeded my expectations totally. And I'm really, really happy to have you on the show. Thank you for giving us your time and your expertise and just sharing your story and inspiring the audience that, you know, you just got to do it. Just make your own table if you have to. Right. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah, that was, thank you very much for, for being here. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Karen. I I would do anything for you. And to oh, be on your show is a honor. And thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone who supports the show. Because one thing I say all the time on my IG lives is if we didn't have people listening or on with us, we'd right. be talking to ourselves. So thank right, you to exactly. the audience for supporting this and making this a thing. Yeah, no, totally. I really appreciate you saying that. And thanks to our audience, because we do have a nice regular audience here and new people joining all the time and really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to, you know, to my guests mostly. That's, uh, that's the point. I try to bring a, a diverse group of, uh, options, different kinds. I like talking about different kinds of jobs. In this case, it's entrepreneurial. Um, and I just appreciate the audience so much. So, Deloren, thank you very, very much. And uh, we'll be talking soon. I'll see you on Insta. Yes, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode. <laughs>